Hey everyone, this is EJ Laws, the host of HR Tech Go to Market, where we discuss how companies in the HR tech, future of work, DAO tooling, and automation space go to market. In this episode, I speak with Chris Toy, founder of Marketer Hire. We discuss how deep customer empathy from his marketing experience helped him create Marketer Hire, the one Instagram ad that really helped launch this all, and then how you can make $1 million a year as an individual marketer on Marketer Hire. As a marketer, I really enjoyed this episode and hope you do too. Hey, Chris, it's great to have you here today. Could you just give us a, a background and intro and tell us a little bit about your experience? Yeah. Um, Chris Toy, CEO, co-founder of Marketer Hire, one of, although I'm pretty sure the leading on-demand talent platform for expert marketers, but I think you know, category-wide, we're, we're pretty sure we're at least one of the leaders, if not the leader. And you know, my background personally, about 20 years in marketing and advertising. I, I started out, you know, straight out of college, moved to New York, wanted to work at big New York ad agencies, which I did. You know, fortunately, I kind of wanted to go into direct response marketing. I was I was very interested in, in the data-driven marketing CRM side of things. So so went into direct response marketing, um, which back then was mostly you know direct mail and 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 telemarketing and all the stuff that everyone hates, but was you know, the early days of data-driven marketing. And then that very quickly became, of course, digital marketing. And so I was able to be there, fortunately, through my marketing career, really the entire genesis of digital marketing, you know, right to today. So all the way through early SEO, early social media, early paid social media, like to now. So, you know, that's really kind of given me a great framework for it. And along the way, I've also had a couple of Entrepreneurial stops. You know, I, I built a very large early two thousands blog website and, and sold that. You know, back when blogs were were the new platform, sold that to to a company in London. Worked for them for a couple of years, and then came back and started my first agency. And you know, for probably five six years, was providing a lot of early digital and social media strategies to first sports brands. I'm a big sports fan, so I like to point my marketing skill set at things I enjoy. So did a lot of work for you know uh, Nike and Umbro and a bunch of athletes, and then pivoted in like 2010 to serve tech startups in New York. So it was one of the very early marketing agencies for tech startups. Did that for a few years, and that's actually where I met one of my now co-founders, Raja. You know, he was one of my early clients actually during that period. And then yeah, kind of like was probably first kicking around the idea for Market to Hire in 2012. 2013, I ended up doing a different group chat startup in between where we were, you know, crushing it on growth and then Slack and Discord launched and we lost to them. <laughs> so, so that was, that was fun, but it took a big lesson there as well from, you know, they had like a hundred, they, they both had like a hundred engineers each at launch because they were both pivots from other companies. And we had our merry band of like six engineers. And so I, I got a good lesson in talent, you know, on that. Anyway, so that led me to launching, you know, doing a few more ideas with Raja and my other co-founders and end up launching Market to Hire in 2019, which was you know, all kinds of fun visions of the future of work, uh, many of which are now clearly true and accelerated. But, you know, we launched a year before COVID and then COVID hit and kind of brought, you know, for me, what I thought was going to be maybe 10 to 20 years worth waiting for some of these major future of work trends, you know, brought them to our doorstep in 12 months. So, you know, that, that's been interesting. What is Marketer Hire? 
Yeah. So, so market hire, you know, in, in, especially in terms of like the HR tech space, I think where it's still finding its way to uh, a category name. I think, you know, I think there's been like on-demand talent. I like on-demand hiring. There's been, you know, talent marketplace, talent platform, depending on who you talk to. But I think it's still such a new concept. People are trying to find their way to, you know, how, how to categorize kind of some of these future report companies. You know, to me, the, the key part is, is on-demand. You know, the, the very premise of the future of work that excites me that I think is inevitable, except for, you know, who can create it. And certainly inevitable as in it's what both sides want is you can hire exactly who you want on demand and scale up and scale down on demand. And then as, as talent, as, as a, you know, a worker in, in any industry, you know, you would want to be able to get exactly the kind of work. And, you know, when I say kind of work factor, location, salary, like what you're working on, like all that stuff. Why wouldn't you want the kind of work you want to also be on demand that you can turn it on, turn it off, right? You want to take a two-month sabbatical and then come right back and work on stuff that pays you what you want and is interesting work. Like you can do that. Like of course you would want on demand. So I think, you know, for me, I categorize market hire as being on-demand hiring or on-demand talent because I really think that's the crux of what is so amazing about and difficult about about our, our product is you know trying to have that. So it sounds too good to be true. I can have exactly what I want when I want it. So, so that's why I would say, you know, it's a, it's an on-demand hiring platform. Yeah. And, and so I know we've spoken a few times and, you know, I'm in this place right now where I have, I have a team of about 50 people and I have 20 open roles and I don't think that's necessarily enough. And I'm like, okay, I need to get people in, you know, as we're talking about this and, you know, just cause I'm a marketer, I'm like particularly interested in this. What are the type of marketing roles that are typically in? And I think that idea that promise you said of sort of when I want like on both sides is amazing. Right. And so I'm curious how, how you've made that product experience to enable that too. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think like, again, I, I sort of say it to investors, I say to everybody, you know, I think the only react, the only possible reaction, I think, you know, yourself included, you know, again, we've talked about it a lot, right? Like the only possible reaction is, of course I want that, but I maybe, you know, don't believe, right? Like I maybe don't believe yeah, that. I want it. I want to believe, but like, come right. on. I believe, <laughs> exactly. and, I, and I also want to believe in like its sustainability, right? Like you want to believe that it's going to be there all the time. I mean, that's part of why so many people are trying like, again, the old school way is trying to hire people you want and then like keep them forever, right? Which is like just like a very like strange thing to do and very difficult to do and increasingly difficult to do. But that's why again, for just and I'll answer your question. But you know, on demand, you know, is about about facilitating on and off, right? It's about saying on and off, and you have to believe that you know right now you need twenty people, but if your strategy changes, you might suddenly feel like you know seventeen of those roles you actually would prefer to be different. Or five of those roles were probably different, but you're kind of mm-hmm. set now, right? And like that's again just objectively the worst position to be in, right? But but you kind of have to plan to be like if you're gonna hire 20 people, like you better have that strategy right, or you better be prepared to commit to that strategy no matter what. But like who, who wants to be in a no matter what position? No one does. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so I'm so, just gonna so I'm, I'm gonna interrupt for a second because like what you just said really resonates with me. And I, I think you're totally right, which is that go out, make these hires, make these plans, run a program successfully, right? And then it's like, okay, now we need to go on to whatever the next set of things are. And you like the amount of work when setting up something often is much heavier than the amount of work when you've operationalized it. And so you do have these these people 
you're like, okay, this is your, you have skill set A, we need skill set B. What do we do? Like, I, I, I think <laughs> right. it's a, a point that I didn't really catch in our, in our previous conversation. So like, that's a, it's a really good. Yeah. Answer. And I think, and, and all this goes into answering your question of like how we did it. Right. Because, you know, I, I mean, you know, you've been working a while, I've been working, you know, 20 years in marketing and it's a very important 20 years because it's the exact run of the internet. Right, like like the the sort of commercialized. Yeah, internet. You know, I, I was there in two thousand three when direct response marketing was not yet digital, and we were like, "Oh, this internet thing is weird, right? Like, should we do email marketing?" And like, I was there for the first SEO wars with Google. I was there for mm-hmm. the first Facebook wars, of, you know, where Facebook paying for Facebook page followers was a thing. You know, I was there for the whole thing, mm-hmm. and you kind of just watched the whole thing accelerate to where our industry is very you know very unique, like marketing, right? I know we're, we're talking about HR tech here, but like talent you know, the industry that you're in is the variable, right? And so for marketing, it changes at the speed, not only of digital and tech, it changes at the speed of the internet, right? And like, that's an insane speed, right? Like, like, like if you look at how marketing has changed, adver- advertising has changed, you know, Google and Facebook, biggest advertising companies of all time, right? You know, if you look at how, and the biggest companies of all time, but largely because they're the biggest advertising companies of all time, right? And if you look at that and pull through, you're kind of like, well, this is changing so much so fast in the marketing industry. You know, the need for it to be on demand is even, you know, even more intense, right? Because you, you, if you really were to move at the speed of what your customers were doing, which is ultimately what marketing advertisers want to do, you want to, you want to be relevant and be there with your customers and change with your customers, right? It's literally the industry yep, absolutely. that is the intersection of you know, people's behavior, just people's behavior and where they are and like selling stuff. Right. And so if you think of like the world changing to become internet focused, many industries don't haven't changed that much because of that. You're just like, Oh, that's interesting. But for us, it changes entirely where people are. And so, you know, when when you say that, how do we design such a kind of seminal HR tech product for the marketing industry? It has to move at be able to help companies move at the speed of the internet, right? Which yeah. is at the so, fastest possible speed, right? Or, so, or rather, the parent of that, sorry, is the speed of the change of consumer behavior, right? right? And, and so you are, I mean, obviously, you're speaking to me, and I'm like your your ideal audience. And <laughs> from your experience, you know what you're selling into, and I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like, people are going off Facebook, they're going on TikTok. Like, there's this yeah. huge media landscape change the skill sets don't necessarily transfer like yes there's some parts of it do but it's a different platform yep. like, i do need to be responsive to these things i do want to do it quickly you're building up the suspense i'm like <laughs> you're right tell me tell me yeah, how it works. So, yeah, so, yeah so ultimately you know it comes down to you know I'll, I'll shoot the gap on on some of our proprietary stuff a lot of it's data you know, data science driven and machine learning driven now but you know the the root of it was. You know, I'm trying to think of how to say this without without, without spilling some of the secret sauce. But you know, ultimately, we have to do things that attract the best talent, and you know, sets up the best talent that is available to be hired on demand. And you know, when you break it down, it's it's a human level. You know, I think what we've done a really good job of is. Yes, being very good at building out our technology and data set, but we have paired that with, you know, deep, deep, deep attention, which, you know, a lot of it is helpful from, from myself and my co-founders with a lot of marketing experience. You know, I, I've been that person for a long time to just really understand 
what, I mean, I'll say both sides, but let's just say the talent side first, but really understand what makes a marketer sort of interested in taking on a job. If I kept it really, if I kept like really simple, like before I even get to the ideas of like freelance and on demand and everything else, but like what mm-hmm. really is required to pair a company with a certain kind of marketer? And I think, you know, in broadly when it comes to HR and hiring in general, there are a lot of similarities in, in that statement where I'm like, I'll take for any job. What it comes down to is people find hiring hard largely because of the complete misalignment of expectations around what jobs do. Like mm. that's the main problem. That's the okay. main problem. Yeah, well that, that's okay. interesting. Yeah, definitely. Please dive into that. Yeah, you know, like if, if you are if you and I were to look at let's just take startups. If you and I were to look at the average marketing JDs for startups, forget who's right. You and I wouldn't agree on what's in them, let alone take a hundred marketers, right? Like take director of performance marketing, take growth marketer title, right? Take a hundred Take 100 performance marketers, what are the odds that they do exactly the same job? Very little, right? Mm-hmm. Take 100 growth marketers, what are the odds that they do the same job? You know, very little, right? And, and for whatever reason, our industry, I think, has just kind of taken a lot of like vagueness on because the reaction to how fast everything has changed has been to become very loose with, the, with understanding and defining what our jobs do, right? If, if, you're like, if you're like a, you know, if you're a back surgeon, it's very discreet what you do, right? If you're a certain kind of, you know, if you're an M&A lawyer, it's usually very discreet what you do. If you're most jobs, it's very discreet what you do. I feel like our industry, more than most, is the only one where people are just like making up new titles all the time sure. and just like chucking stuff on the list, right? And that's yeah. before we even get to all the new MarTech tools, blah, 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 right? So I could find 100 performance, marketing, mar- you know, performance marketers, and if I was to really grade their skills... It's probably like a crazy story. You know, one of them is going to really just be an ads guy or, or girl uh, or ads person. You know, another one's going to be like really SEO focused, but like dabbled in some email one time. And like, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? Right. And so I think, you know, really trying to be very specific to what a company wants and what marketers do. You know, that's so been kind I, of core. I guess that's been what core I think that is. And made it successful. So what I take out of that is basically deep customer empathy. Empathy for the talent, because you've been there and done that. Empathy for the companies that are hiring, because you've been there and done that. Like I haven't touched on your, your background yet, but you know I know you ran an agency, you've been in marketing for a while, so you've also hired a lot of marketers. Is that's, that... right. that's right. It, it's deep empathy. You know, at day zero when we started, it was a deep empathy where you know, it's like I said, I, I've been agency side. And then, but very quickly, and, and now certain, certainly now, and, and over the years, you know, extrapolating that empathy into well, what data do we need to begin to generate to understand that, you know, to apply that empathy, to understand that empathy, or you know, take that empathy, turn it in that empathy into the collection of discrete data, and then as we scale as a, as a technology company, then model, map, and apply that discrete data set, you know, but the first principles are always that empathy, right? So when we started, there's like a spreadsheet for me on, you know, where I'm writing down what I think marketers do, right? For, for different roles. I'm like, it's, it's this, right? Like, like does a growth market, does a growth marketer need to be a A plus expert at website CRO? Like, Is that a question for me? Yeah, 
sure. Well, uh, it's, it's more rhetorical. More rhetorical. Yeah, okay. we, asked, we asked 50 founders, 50 marketers, 50 whatever, we'd get different answers, right? Yeah. I and mean, I think some of that too comes down to stage of company, right? Stage like, of company and a, b- a bunch of other stuff, right? And so we kind of just like play it out. You know, it's simultaneously more complicated and less complicated than you think. You know, by now, again, we are, we're pumping like huge amounts of data go into some of this nuance. But the first principles are the same of just trying to get down to, you know, specifics. Again, like, you know, I've been sent so many JDs by people. Hey, I'm trying to find someone. Can you take a look at my JD? Like, you know, founders or VCs, you know, saying that the same people. And I normally have to gut these JDs, right? I'm like, I'm like half of this stuff. Like, what, like why is this in here? You know, and, and the company is always like, well, you know, I guess we don't really need that, but it'd be nice. Like, all right, well. So do you see the trends uh, within marketing of like where things are evolving? Yeah. And- yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, by now, and there's some of our future product roadmap, like I, I could, we could predict <laughs> like the, your next like 12 hours, like, and I, I'd be like 90% confident, you know, in, in, in what those are. I mean, I mean, you don't necessarily need that help, but you know, the prediction is, is simultaneously just like first and third party data, right? So we know what the market's kind of doing. We also, know, but then very importantly, we know what your comps on our platform are doing, right? And so it doesn't necessarily, you know, you may have a different strategy that takes you in a different direction, but as far as saying, hey, companies like yours, the team should look like this. You know, we kind of have a data set there that no one else has. Yeah, I, so I think it's interesting from my perspective because I think about, okay, I have my team. There's the things that we're doing today. There's the yeah. things that I know we're going to do in three months. And then I'm like, okay, there's a skill set that I know I need to develop over the next two to three years. Yeah. And if I had some insights on how the thing, how the industry was evolving, that wasn't just my intuition. Like that That's could right. then help me plan what to make sure to train or think about hiring for. Like, that's, and, that's, and that's kind of the future of our platform, right? Like we're hiring right now, but our roadmap, you know, it's skill assessment, skill development, right? All those things come into play. Like once we know what everyone's doing hiring wise, and we're very good at knowing how to build, you know, what the team should be, what's our data, you know, our data modeling understands, you know, kind of all of that to the degree that, you know, it does now or and will continue to get better at, you know, we already have a lot of skill stuff built into the, built into that model. You know, we haven't yet rolled out the features that point and say, okay, hey, not only do I, can, I can tell you who your next hire should be, but I can tell you where your skill deficiencies are. Yeah. On that I, I mean, I think within the HR tech future of workspace, I think this upskilling is one of the top things that okay. people in HR are looking at. I think in certain fields, you know, in healthcare, you know that you have to get certifications. You probably know what the next set of certifications are. Yep. When it comes to things that are less defined, more ambiguous, like marketing, it, it is there are fewer resources. You know, I don't <laughs> That's right. yeah. think Reforge is right for these things necessarily. And it's just less clear on, you know, what those skill sets should be. Like I think about what performance marketing looked like that like the team that I was hiring a few years ago may have been very heavy on computer science and analytics because we were doing a lot of things ourselves because the tools weren't there. And now I'm like, okay, we already, these tools are third party. We don't need to do that. We need creative, right? And like, it just <laughs> that's completely right. changed. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and that's like, right. And, 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 and like, that's the thing. I was like, you know, when you've been around it long enough, you're like, like how long do we really have on any of these things now, right? Like the, the, the swings and roundabouts, like you said, is, you know, like Mad Men era, it's creative. Then it becomes media buying because that's now accessible. Then the media, you know, then Facebook 
decides that they don't want any of us to have control over that. So great. Then Facebook algo is no longer a thing. And, you know, privacy hits like, so like the real lesson, if, if you, and you know, we've done it, like if you kind of like pull back and you mark down like the big changes that like the big, like job changing things, you know, there's more of them and they're happening faster and faster for us, for marketers. Right. And so you're like, okay, that, again, the only way to do this, to, to, to be good at marketing or advertising is to build for constant change, right? To be at the forefront, like some of the, like I said, like some of the tooling that we're using for our, like even like our own marketing, um, I'm like, I can't even believe what's possible now, <laughs> right? Like also like so much yeah. stuff that like, it would have been like to build it ourselves or we'd like hire like 15 people to do X. Like now we're just like, you know, and then, and then, you know, and, and then the next part coming to is going to be all the AI tools. Yeah. Right? Like super, all the yeah. AI tools, which are, you know, centered around image creation, image understanding, the copy, Dolly image, copy understanding, like that's us again. That's marketing, advertising, copy and images. Like, so we better be ready for that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, no, I, so, I, the, the, the fear I have about automation and having marketing be replaced by automation increases every year. Like I remember a few years ago, like, ah, eh, it probably won't be marketing now. Like it's definitely marketing. <laughs> it's, it's <totally> marketing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, but you know, it'll be kind of like the driverless car thing, right? Like I think, I think there's a, there's so much before it's just like, I don't think, I, th- I think we've got a while before it's, you know, it's no longer a job done by humans. I mean, just like every other kind of AI thing, like how long we've been kind of like waiting for that. But, you know, I think it's going to be a very exciting job-changing thing. Again, you know, I think we'll get through the gears of, hey, what's this social media thing? Like, the intern should do it, which took, like, five years. Even now, I feel like it's still in the system, right? So, like, I think we'll get past that pretty quick to where we'll be like, oh, AI, whatever. Like, that's a joke, right? I think it'll be very, you know, even TikTok. Like, the difference in B2B adoption of TikTok versus, like, Facebook and Twitter was night and day, right? Like you so said, like, like when, when we see it now, no one at, at a B2B level is like, oh, weird. Like, why would I be on B2B? I'll be on social, on like a emerging social product, Snapchat or whatever, right? Even like Snapchat, like that took so long. I mean, now it's still kind of working its way into B2B. But once like TikTok rolled around, I think most marketers were like, okay, like this is just eyeballs now. Like t- TikTok really felt different to some of the other ones in terms of just being like accepting our fate that we have to do it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you're you're right on there. We now know these things, these platform changes, how significant they can be, and it's important to get in early. Yeah, kind of thinking about that, I feel like the way I found out about Marketer Hire a couple of years ago, Instagram ads. That's what oh, I feel yeah. like I remember. Instagram ads yeah. is that you know is that part of the go to market that you have used? Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, we we actually you know we've had a pretty good um um still pretty much a marketing traditionalist. And so, you know, we had confidence that we had a product that sounded really good. We believe, you know, kind of was sounded too good to be true, which is always nice. And we believe that marketing, um, I wouldn't say believe, I think it's a, it's a fact. Marketing is sort of this apex economy industry, right? Like there's only two things. You make something and then you sell it. Right. And like half of that equation is marketing. Right. And the other half is, has kind of gone in the glory. Right. The other half is like, oh, like Shopify, anyone can put something on sale or like, you know, someone can create an app, software development. Oh, now anyone can create, you know, 
software in their basement and put on sale and then product hunt and app store and startups like creation of products and services has gotten most of the glory of the last you know 15 20 years of like kind of like innovation mm-hmm. but you know i think now kind of with with market hire the whole point was i was like okay like i think not that we're not like we're like past the age of creation innovation or anything but you know felt like a good cycle has some maturity over a line. And now like there's like a distribution innovation that's been like hiding in plain sight, you know, as far as I'm concerned, like it, it's, it's in plain sight in that Google and Facebook to me are advertising companies, mm-hmm. right? Like, like they're interesting tools that became advertising companies and they're only as big as they are because of advertising revenue. Right. And so to me, that makes them advertising companies. And so when I look at, you know, market to hire and our marketing mix, I'm like, look, I think everyone could use this product. And we need a build for everyone to use product because it's so democratized to create something that if we can create a product that, you know, a local mom and pop coffee shop, coffee shop realizes today they need it, right? Because they have to maintain a Yelp presence. They might have to do some like light local advertising. Like you really can't get away from having to do marketing these days, right? If, if you have any, unless you're just like anti-internet, then sure, but you're probably not going to have much of a business for very long. Right. So if everyone needs it now, we have to build something that everyone can use. And so our marketing and our branding and our pitch was always, hey, if we put this out there in the world, we think people are going to, you know, of all kinds, use it. And, you know, that's been that's been true. So, you know, we have we have a pretty rounded marketing mix. Like, yes, Instagram is part of it. So is like outbound sales. So is a million other things. So we kind of just do just like a head, you know, SEO content. Like it's all there. Like everything is there. And, you know, it, it is something that when I used to advise, you know, startups and everything else, like, I would tell them the same thing. I think they were always hunting for this, like, singular thing that drives revenue, which is, like, not a bad idea early on. But generally, I think if you have a good product, you know, you can probably go with a rounded mix pretty quickly because it should just be, hey, if, if my thing works and it sounds good and I just let people who need it know, they will buy it. Right. And like, mm-hmm. usually the problem is that a lot of that isn't actually true for your average startup, but it was true for us. So we could just do this rounded mix and kind of like worked out. There are a few different interesting things that you said in there that I kind of want to go down a little bit deeper. So, one, as we're thinking about you advertising to people like me as a marketer, like when you advertise to me, I can either be a customer or I can be a talent professional. And so it seems like you get a lot of benefits out of that and then there's potentially some network effects i would think that's right as well yeah for sure yep that's absolutely right you know we'll we we enjoy them i mean there was a time where we you know i mean we're we're too big now to know exactly what happens but early on and certainly it happens a good amount now you know we do have a measure i don't you know necessarily have off off to my head but we'll see like a double dip the same day we'll see someone sign up on the client side to hire and sign up on the time side the same day and like it's kind of like a funny thing for us when it happens. And we'll frequently see them jump back and forth. You know, there'll be someone who was hiring from us, and then you know, we'll get an email from them. Again, early days when we'll get an email from them. Now it just kind of happens with the talent team. I don't probably don't have much visibility to it, but but hey, you know, I hired from you guys a while ago and you know I've decided to leave and I'm gonna freelance. So I'm gonna sign up and like I enjoyed hiring from you guys. Like hopefully, hopefully you'll you'll take care of me, <laughs> right? Like there's like this thing there where when he jumps side. So it, it, it's it's a big deal, and you know we'll see people who are freelance, you know, take us to their next job with them. But hey, I've just joined a new company. I'm especially when they're like the new head of whatever. Like I'm going to use, I'm going to build a team from it. 
right? So it, it really has been this thing where, you know, what we're building is just like such a unique solution that one, it, you know, takes a minute to like believe that it can be this, that it can actually like be this good, right? But again, we're, you know, we're pretty big now. I mean, again, like we're, we're really, really one of the fastest growing B2B tech companies of, you know, probably the last decade. How so? I'm going to go into that because you brought it up. So I I've seen a few of these talent marketplaces, and I, I've seen them more on the development side. Yeah, and you know, there's one that is it's called Brain Trust. It's Web three, and they're very yeah, transparent in okay. their numbers. But I've seen some other ones as well, and there have mm-hmm. been just phenomenal growth during the pandemic. So how do you think about like a return? Do Do you think that we're in sort of a new normal or do you think there's going to be some return to normal? And if you think there's going to be a return to normal, like how do you think about growing through this? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a new, it's a new normal, right? I mean, I mean, and, and kind of like what I was uh, kind of about to kind of derail a little bit, but you know, it's, it's a new thing that we're building and some of the, we are actually also different to some of those competitors who are very similar. They're, they're talent marketplaces, but you know, we, we do a competitive analysis internally that, and I actually do it for new hires and it's, you know, we're actually very different in some ways that maybe are a little hard to tell, uh, but we're very different in some very important ways that we keep close to our chest because we think our way is better. And our growth rate compared to some of those other companies, even the ones you mentioned, you know, we're, we're very favorable compared to those. But I do think, again, like what, what's important about COVID and you can't put it back in a box. You know, I don't really care if people go back to the office or whatever it is kind of relevant to me is every company and every worker now has like a couple of years of practice and operations and workflow to, to work remotely and to work with freelance more than they did. Right? You, you can't put that back in the box, right? Like once you discover fire, you can't like put that back in a box. Like you may not like use it all the time. You don't have to, but it's there now. You know about it, right? So every company now, not a single company is going to be like, whoa, whoa, like remote? Like now we've never done remote. Like, no, they've all got comfortable with this. So, you know, you can't put that back. And so, you know, again, we've seen nothing suggest that there's anything, any kind of like decline that comes from people returning to work or anything, you know, again, and I think a lot of the future of work trends definitely out, but they're again, they're it's temperament change that is not going away. So, so so there's definitely some things I look at. I'm like, okay, I I can see a very strong bull case. So I'm going to like sort of, say them and I think you'll probably agree with them and then I like have some things I'm sort of questioning about. So on the bull case, I think generationally there's a shift between Gen X, millennials, Gen Z, how they think about freelance, how they think about working for a corporation and I think it's just much bigger on the Gen Z side on freelance creator. Like they they that's what they see as a like a pretty significant opportunity. Like they want to work for yeah. themselves in a way that I don't think particularly Gen X did, or especially baby boomers. So I think like that's very bull. I think there is a significant growth in venture capital outside of the US, which creates entire new opportunities for companies to exist and then need to use different marketing channels that they probably don't know how to or haven't been able to do. And then I think there's the fracturing of the media landscape, like where people are spending their time and attention in the US, maybe more so than some of the other markets. Uh, but I think that just makes it much more difficult as a marketer. So do you agree with agree with those? Uh, yes. Well, what yes. was the last one? What, what, why was the last well, one more difficult for a marketer? 
so, so it's like the fracture. I called it the fracturing of the media landscape. But it's just basically, yeah. it, it used to be maybe everyone was watching TV, so linear television oh, sure. was really yeah, big. Yeah, yes, yes. It makes the job much harder. It makes the job for, harder. And for it's, a hiring product, it's great. It's right? great, right. Like, so th- like, those are all my bull cases. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, so I, I would say that's right. And, and I also would, you know, the key for me, you know, you kind of like work on it, you know, in, in like HR, and like you think about work, right? What was, mm-hmm. for me at least, is like very obvious and very true and again like not just because i have this business but it's why i have this business right i was just looking at it and you know like i had worked at an agency for a while then i had done some entrepreneurial stuff i had run my own agency and when i was running my own agency right i would have so many friends in marketing and again marketing and advertisers and creatives and marketing generally have a i feel, I feel like a predisposition to freelance anyway right like it's kind of like a thing that we like doing but I would have a lot of friends who are still working in-house and say, oh, it's so great. You have your agency. You know, you can, you're making more money. You can take a nap in the middle of the day, right? You can, like, travel. You can work remotely. You know, it's all the stuff that's sort of, like, people are like now. And, you know, some people like going to office, too. Like, I, I actually like going to office. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't have a problem with that. But the main thing was, like, so much, again, like, so much when you really unpack it of, why people do or don't like freelance to me is kind of irrelevant, right? A lot of these things that I mean, we talked about it around indeed as well, right? Like, you know, people will kind of create this difference. Like, Oh, it's a freelancer. Like how do we onboard mm-hmm. them? Do we onboard them differently? Do we talk to them differently? Do we give them different privileges? Like it's, it's a ta- It's like a taxation designation, right? Like, it, like, like what are we, like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> right? Like, like it's someone coming in to do the work any difference in how you treat them or they treat you is like up to you two, right? Like it's not, it's not like inherent to the role. And I know tons of people who are in-house who are completely checked out, <laughs> right? And so, and so it's like, it's like, what, what are, are we, you know, what, what are we talking about here? And I think when you break it down, it's like so much of, I mean, you said like Gen Z and you know, there's all kinds of generational stuff. But if you ask like anyone who's like millennial or, or, or boomer or anything else like that, right? Like why don't you, and let's just say, freelance let's just say it's freelance okay but like why don't you take some risks with your career why don't you do some different stuff with your career why don't you take two months off why don't you do any of these things inevitably it's because they're not sure if they can get the job they want when they come back totally that's it right so like the entirety is around stability of income right Mm -hmm. it's not it's not even about well my healthcare well okay it's your healthcare but again like it's just like golden hand. It's like golden handcuffs. It's like not even golden. They're like bronze or at best, right? It's just like stuff that's like holding you there because you're not sure where else you'd get it from, right? And so, like, that's not really like I I don't want to do these other things. That's the way the world is set up. I'm terrified that I could do those other things, but I would love to, right? And that's why, like, if you can have something like market or hire exist to be like actually you can now make probably more money than you make at your job, potentially considerably more money if you're good at, you know, freelancing and, and, and having multiple clients and kind of doing some of the stuff that's, that's different to, you know, being in-house somewhere. Potentially make a lot more money and, you know, be in total control of your life. Like that really appeals to people. Right. And so, and so again, I think there's a generational difference, but it's like, it comes from what have your options been over the course of your career? 
And, and that's why like here now for, you know, in the HR space, what, what's exciting about these new talent products, like, like market to hire these other ones is like, we're genuinely creating a option for work that has never existed before. Right. And, and, and like forcing people to be like, well, like, why don't I do that? And again, on the talent side, we'll get things more freelance all the time. I'd be like, Hey, like I'm already making more money than my day job freelancing for you guys on the side. And they're like, I'm thinking of quitting. Is this really what it's going to keep being like, right? Because if it's not, yeah. I'll keep my job. But if it is, I totally would rather do this. And like, we can't promise them anything, right? But like, that's, sure. that's what I think is like ultimately the thing. It's like, if, if you can get, if you can believe in, in it and it's going to work and it's going to keep, it's going to be there, you'd prefer it, right? And so that's what's exciting about us trying to build this out and, and, and our growth rate is like at a certain size, it will just be kind of a given, you know, you kind of just like, yeah, like we did it and it's here and anyone in the marketing space can come and get this new thing because it'd be accepted, right? So not anyone, but, but you know, for the marketers who make it to the level. So, so a few questions that come to mind from that. It's like, one, can you tell me what your highest paid person on marketer hire makes? I will tell you that it is not unlikely that we have our first million dollar person this year. Okay, awesome. That, that was kind of the one of the things is like, can you make a million dollars a year on market yes, hire? Yeah. And it yes. sounds like yes. So in a few years, with any luck, someone can make like $10 million. <laughs> yes, you can. And, and, you know, you kind of think right now, like, well, how can you have time to do all that? But like, we have things planned that will, you know, because that's the second question, right? Like, once you're able to top out, like, how do you scale beyond yeah. yourself? And that's usually where you start an agency, whatever it is. But we have a ton of really awesome concepts and ideas that we're already kind of picking at and working very closely with our marketers on on how they can be, how, 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 if you're just like, and it's, it's kind of hard on my thing, right? I think like a creator is like, how can you just be good at this? You're, you're like at the top of your game in the thing. How do you scale it to like, you're just like, like, you know, you don't necessarily need to get any better, right? You could like maintain it, but like now you're just like capped out at X salary. Like that, that's depressing. Right. And so for us, like we got, we have a bunch of stuff on like, how to help our average talent you know, marketer become, you know, great at some of the stuff that makes you a great freelancer so that they can increase their revenue generation. And then also even scale beyond that. Like, like what does that even mean to scale beyond your own, you know, trading your own time for money? And so the person who, who may or may not make a million dollars, is it they work a ton of hours? They charge a lot per hour? A little bit of both. A little bit of both. Yeah, okay. I mean it's a very, it's a very like very very desirable person who works very very hard. Okay. W yeah. What? Okay, so we obviously can't give that person's identity, Correct. but there's someone out there, <laughs> someone out there on the marketing side. <laughs> on yeah, marketing someone out there on the marketing side is is crushing it. Yes. Yeah, someone out there is crushing. It. And so I, I think maybe for reference too, like looking up last week, how much the CEOs of different publicly traded marketing and advertising agencies make it, like Omnicron say that one wrong probably got it confused with the variant wpp <laughs> publicis like it's two to three million dollars like the ceos of some of these publicly traded companies it's like two to three million dollars so you have and they're running very large organizations i'm sure doing just tons of people work press and so what you're saying is basically you could almost make you can make kind of close to as much as some of these publicly traded agencies working on market yeah. or higher without nearly as much of the back baggage. Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, our, our, our highest earner last year, um, 
you know, came in, I think, right around half a mil. Okay. Okay. Awesome. And and that person had just a regular market IC marketing role at a startup making 90. Making how much? 90? Yeah. Okay. So I, they quit their startup. Which is like, which is like, which is like started, started with us and was like, oh my God, like, what is happening? And then just like killed it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's great. So the, the, ver- the vision in my head for what work should be like is what I wanted was like this sort of like mission impossible style thing where you're just like out there living your life, you know, doing stuff mm-hmm. and you get, a, you know, someone, you get the note on your phone, you get the, you get the text, you get the phone call. Hey, someone needs you to do this. Do you want to do it? And if you're like, you know, you've got a few more weeks you want to kill on the beach, like, ah, nah, hang up. Right. Then you get it again. Hey, someone wants, someone wants you to do this. You want to do it? You're like, you know what? I'm kind of, I'm, you know, I, I want to buy a new car. Sure. I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. I'll do like a, I'll do like a three month run. <laughs> Sounds good. Pick a bunch of cash. Yeah. If I want to keep going, keep going. If I want to stop, I want to stop. Like, like, like so the, that sounds awesome. Then maybe like think about this. So like, you know, at different parts in your career, like you're very hands-on, right? Like you're an IC, you're in the interface, you're in whatever, you're doing a lot of hands-on work. And then you start to get to like management and then you get to start to get above management. And I think, there's a sort of like idea of like the email class. You get emails in, you forward emails out, and a lot of the job becomes email. Like who does better on marketer hire? Because I would tend to think that the IC doing a lot of the hands-on work in whatever platform is going to yeah. be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it by and large it is, yes. I mean, that, okay. that's most of our roles. We have CMO I and mean, growth marketers almost probably the role. And so like, it's kind of like a, you know, it's kind of like a between the IC and a strategist, right? But Okay, so this know, is a good that, way to make more, than, more money yeah. than your boss. Effectively, join yeah, marketer yeah. hire, make more than your boss. <laughs> I, mean, the thing, I think that's also something that I I kind of found that was again like kind of like a art of, a weird default artifact of work that didn't necessarily need to be true. And I think I think I think software engineering was you know after, after being in tech for a while, like software engineering is one I took inspiration from. I was like, it's the only place I know, and not the only place, like probably like doctors and surgeons too, right? Where like being the best I see can allow you to make the most money, right? Mm-hmm. Again, other than like ascending to like C-suite or something, right? But like generally you have to become management to make more money, right? But like not everyone is good at that or wants to do that, right? And so for, for marketing too, I also felt like we were kind of like becoming as technical and specific in a skill set as like software engineering, but being, being treated like we were, you know, the social media intern still somehow where it's like, Oh, like, you know, I'm going to demand you to perform like an engineer, but I'm going to treat you like a waffly artist or something. Right. And I pay you like one too. Oh, it's like weird soft strategy. And so for us, you know, again, for, for us, I think it's really like, Hey, how can we, you know, if you, if you want to become management, you can, and we certainly have roles for that. We have like seniority certain roles, but you know, at least for where we are right now, it's like, Hey, you've become really good at this thing you deserve to make a ton of money from that, right? Oh, and I wouldn't say a ton of money. I'll put it, I actually will say you deserve to make money how you want from that. Because we have a lot of people at market at hire who have actually gone the other way. So they're not even, they don't even want to make a million dollars. They, don't, they wouldn't want to break their back. You know, like, again, like you're a lawyer, you want to like pound out, you know, investment banking, you want to pound out that time, you can make a lot of money, right? I mean, a lot of money by pounding that time. But like some people are like, you know what? Like, this is my path to a 30 hour work week. Right? This is my path to a 20-hour work week. 
we have a bunch of people taking 20, you know, just doing 20 hours a week and making what they made at the old job. And they're like, that's, that's my dream. They're good. They're good with a four day weekend. How do you handle benefits? Insurance, 401ks. Okay. Yeah. We're marketplace. So like, we're just, you know, supply and demand. Um, okay. But again, like that stuff, like is, you know, you get from your employer is expensive, but when you are in control of how much you can earn, the math is just different now. Right. You're like, all right, well, let me just like, if I'm earning like 25% more, like I don't mind paying for my own insurance, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think I have three final questions. So one, you know, I'm assuming that when you were starting out and you were getting your first customers, not your, not the talent side, but the businesses, Yeah. you had sort of your own relationships already from the agency and you were able to reach out to people you already knew. Is that fair for getting yeah, the first fair. set of customers? Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it looks like at one point in time, you had live events with well-known guests. Do, do you still do that? Yeah. To like yeah promote? We, uh, when you say live events, you mean like the online? Like yeah. Like you know, I was looking online. around and I saw some like well-known like marketing influencers and you could like RSVP from event, but they looked like they're from like 2021 and I didn't see any from 2022. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, COVID kind of put, <coughs> obviously put that down a little bit, but yeah, I'm actually bringing those back. So we, okay, we've had some really um, successful dinner, uh, dinner event series that we kind of done a little more quietly, you know, with, with COVID and everything versus being a more public thing. <laughs> yeah, we still we still do that. It works and it's part of the, the marketing mix. Got it. That, so yeah. one of the other things yeah. that I thought was interesting. Everything works. <laughs> yeah. Nice. You know, like honestly, one of the things I found is that the most expensive marketing mistakes have been thinking a channel doesn't work and giving up too early. And then being like, actually, you know, there's a, a sort of structured way of going through these channels, four or five sort of big buckets and working your way through, and then like you get it to unlock. But yep. thinking something doesn't work is very expensive when your competitor figures it out and you don't. And, and I think that's also, I mean, there are so few marketing founders still, you know, I probably can count on one hand whenever, I mean, you'll find some folks who like call themselves growth because they worked on like growth, but that's, that's not the same thing, right? Like someone who knows, understands marketing, advertising, someone who can tell you the difference between marketing and advertising and even knows that those are two different things, right? Like, like, like an actual person who worked in, mar in marketing as a job professionally for at least five years and is now a tech founder. It's very rare, actually, right? Very, very rare. And what's nice about it is, like you said, like, like channels are channels, right? Like I was there for like radio's dead. Like radio's not dead. It's just like radio's not dead. You know, we didn't talk like, about direct mail. Yeah, direct like, mail works. Right. Direct mail or well, direct mail is back. Like, okay, I mean right. it's yeah. back in that you guys decide to do some of it. But like, you know, I've I've been getting the mail this whole time. I don't know about you guys, but I, my mail never went away. So just like channels of channels, channels of channels. And if you, if you, like you said, like there, there's sort of a logic to it. And if you have the, and which is why the experience matters, right? If you have the experience, you know, generally the math, right? I'm not going to be like, oh my God, like we just raised a seed round time to do times, you know, billboards in Times Square. Like that doesn't make sense. Right. But like, mm -hmm. that's not because those don't work, quote unquote. It's just like not stage appropriate. It's not like, you know, budget appropriate for where we are right now. And so if you get, and that's why market is like, like the whole premise is like, if you just get expert, like an actual expert to like work on your stuff, whatever it is, 
Like, isn't that better, <laughs> right? Like, like what, why, why over the last few years am I having to talk to a million growth marketers who have never done marketing as a job and are telling me what to do? Not telling me what to do, but like, oh, hey, we tried Facebook for our business and it doesn't work. Like, what, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right? yeah. Like, like the uh, uh, most advertising tool the la- of, of, you know, in, in human history, like, you guys feel like that 5K you spent on it that your CTO did because he doesn't believe in marketers, that that was a test and that that didn't work? Like, okay. Like, sounds yeah. good. Look, look, honestly, like, that mindset shift of, like, it's not that it doesn't work. We haven't gotten it to work yet. That's it right. is, like, a huge difference and unlock. I mean, it's also how I teach my kids to do things. Like, you're like, oh, I can't do this. It's like, you can't do it yet. And we're going to work on it. And That's it's right. like... Well, not only like I can't open this, but what a lot of people do around marketing is not only can I not open this, it's this can't be opened, right? Yes. And you're like, well, right, right, that's you know, true. You actually can still get to the, you know, when you want me to open it for you, right? Because like I, I, I can actually <laughs> just do that for you, right? And that kind of is again for the for like you know market hire and I think sort of like the premium expert on demand. I think you know that's that's what sets us apart. You know, if you look at a lot of the other talent marketplaces especially the ones in other, in other categories you mentioned, like software developers, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very rare that what they're, pro- what they're promoting is like the premium expert on demand, right? Most of the software time platforms are saying that they are scanning the world for international arbitrage on talent, right? right. We're going to find you people in Croatia who are technically just as good as you know, a Google engineering manager. Right, and that's because they can't get the Google engineering manager to work for you. And is that brand or experience that you think prevents them from getting the Google? I think it's just an industry thing. I mean, there's a, you know the, the economics of it too, right? Like, sure. If you're you know if you're an engineering manager at Google, making how much, right? Or you're it, it's just different, right? It's just different. And also, like, I don't think that's like the dream of most engineers. But for marketing, like, it's literally like like I think for engineers, right? Like creating things is kind of like. That's that's the mindset, right? Like they want to create different things. They want to, they want to work on creating different things. Like for marketers, like we we're, we're literally not the creators. We our job is to sell different things. Like that's how that's it's interesting. We have to sell different things, and so it just lends itself to a product like ours. Like you know, again, like we'll like it's really amazing. Like we'll get you know, you can be someone who just like you know, EJ, right? If you if you started an ecom company this weekend because you decided you want to like sell socks or whatever and you came to market hire, you know, we might put the person who built all birds on, you know, pair them with you for Monday. And you're just like, well, like that's cool. So it's a great way to de-risk is what I hear as well. Yeah. Just like get the experienced person, de-risk what you're doing. Like I'm you know, I'm I'm doing some like, you know, if if I'm doing renovations on my house or whatever, like like what am I really looking for in like the electrician or whatever? Is it just like someone who's like done it before? Is it like burn the house down? Like just like de-risk it, de-risk, de-risk it. And I think that's what kind of comes into a lot of hiring. Again, if, if you're trying to hire, if you think you have to hire someone and like trap them at your company for five years and, and bake into the strategy that you did in annual planning and you can't get off it because there's no flexibility, there's no agility, which again, everyone loves, but just for some reason is not applying, right? Like anyone, flexibility and agility, number one. Number one for any size business. How can we be more flexible, more agile? But when it comes to hiring, it's still post a JD and hope you hire someone and like they die here, right? Like, like that's still, like that doesn't make sense. It's only that way because of the options, right? So, you know, what, what you really want when you're hiring, 
long term, you're trying to find this like epic unicorn because it's just you, you're just going to take this huge journey. It's going to take forever, and they're going to be hopefully be here forever. So it better be this like long term perfect fit. Versus like you know, don't you just kind of need someone who's good, has done it before, just like sit down and like bang it out, right? Like that. That's pretty rarely the mindset, but it's actually what people want. It's just like it emotionally feels weird to think about it that way sometimes. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm um, sure that, yeah. Is my, that, that is my son outside. Okay. <laughs> do, you, do you need to go? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I I just know that he's outside in our car. Okay. Um, um, yeah. So, so, I, so I had so one yeah, last. I, I think I think that that's kind of a big a big unlock too around it is just like it's like it's a de-risk, not a unicorn hunt, right? Yeah. Like get someone in there who knows what they're doing, who's done it before, and just don't be a problem. Like that's that's how I feel. That's how I feel about hiring. Like, how can I get someone in that chair where, like, I don't have to think about them? Like, they're going to do a perfectly fine job. Sorry to interrupt. I I think I have one last question. It's probably, like, one of the more in-depth ones. And so I apologize for dropping it sort of with five minutes left. We can see if we can get to it or not. So one of the things that you said that was interesting to me is that, like, everyone can use your your product. Like, every company, every business. So it can be, like, a small retail store. It can be a company, like, Indeed, with a decent-sized budget. That to me implies that you are building the business with sort of a different set of unit economics and thoughts on scale than an agency or maybe even staffing. Because I would think that like trying to monetize a small business would be one, very difficult. And then two, like finding talent to serve them would be hard as well. How do you think about? sort of structuring the unit economics, structuring the business model, structuring the product to enable that yeah. scale? No, it's a great question. You know, and, and a lot of it is what makes us a tech company, not an agency or something. Exactly right. You know, you get a lot of those questions early on when you're dealing with time marketplaces. Like, it's like what makes you a tech company versus like a staffing agency. And that's exactly right, right? Like, like a staffing agency or agency would never say what I've said. So it's great. It's a great call out. And yeah, it comes, it comes in, how, in how the product works. Right, because like, like take like Amazon as a marketplace, right? Like, same with us. Like, you know, s- selling a marketer for like two hours a week. I say selling, that's a little, but like, you know, we're <laughs> like matching a marketer for like two hours a week to like a mom and pop coffee shop, right? Like, that is literally less revenue for us than someone who hires like a full time growth marketer, mm-hmm. venture backed. Like, that's gonna be way more revenue for us. You would course. rather indeed hire than. Like you are probably going to spend more with us than a coffee shop. Like that's a fact, right? But, you know, just like on Amazon, like whatever on Amazon selling, you know, socks or whatever, t-shirts, like something on Amazon is going to be, or, you know, humidifiers, like way more volume than some niche, like, you know, bird cup or something right like it's it's still on amazon like it's still there someone can sell it people are buying it it's just like not as much of you know revenue for them you know our product based on how it's built is kind of the same thing like it there's not much cost to us selling that separately that there's a different revenue profile but there's not much of a difference in cost like the marginal cost of that additional service is is very whereas the marginal cost of an agency like bringing all of their VPs, the client to engagement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. I would spend a whole week, like, like just the way they have to process that client and then staff that client. You know, they have to make all that up. 
right? We don't have to make up anything different from the coffee shop to, you know, a Fortune 100, right? So, and again, like that's the power of the tech because if it was just like me and my staffing team sitting here, like cold emailing people to find jobs, you know, to find, to, to find a suitable candidate, which is what staffing firms do, like much to my confusion is like, I thought they were at least at the point where they had rosters, but for the most part, they just seem to still... Like, once you tell us who you want, like, we'll start cold reach outreach. <laughs> like, well, I was like, okay, like, that seems, that seems kind of weird. You know, it's not that, right? If it was that, for sure, we'd be like, okay, we're not doing, like, I'm not putting three people on my team, cold emailing people, marketers, to for a five-hour engagement with the coffee shop. Mm. We're not doing that. But with the tech, like, five hours is five hours. You know, it doesn't matter where it is. Yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Cool. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to that great episode with Chris Toy. I am excited to announce a new podcast called Masters of Spend, where I speak with performance marketers and vendors on how they manage performance marketing in this new turbulent environment. I'm excited about it and I have some great guests. Hope you all look forward to it.